A doctor promises young women thousands of dollars to take part in an experiment. But it turns out, it wasn't an experiment. Can you imagine living in a world where the amount of hair on your head determines whether or not you live or die? That's a reality for men in the country of Mozambique today. And finally, we take a look at one of the most bizarre workplaces possible. Livermore Laboratory. Cutting-edge technology. Nuclear weapon development. Black box projects. But all of that stuff is mundane. Because apparently, Bigfoot used to work there as well. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I got a lot, of, a couple little stories that I was like, Let, let's get some of these little news guys going. So we're going to take a trip around the world. We're going to hop, let's take the rabbit rowboat. We're going to get them pecs working. Get them back muscles working. We're both taking an oar. We're leaving the west coast of the United States, the best coast of the United States, and we're rowing all the way to Germany. I know it's a long trip. It'll give us time to talk. And actually, since we have time to talk, over my break, I saw the movie 1917. You know what? I gotta say this. Short review. The movie's pretty basic. It's kind of has a plot. Get from point A to point B. It's a lot like Mad Max Fury Road, just less dirt. But watching the movie, it felt like watching a fantasy film. It's really good. It's really good. I don't know if I'd say you got to see it in the theater or you have to see it right away. But to me, it felt a lot like The Neverending Story or Lord of the Rings. It was more of that type of movie than a war movie. But yeah, check it out. 1917. Is it best picture material? I don't know. Is it better than The Joker? I don't know. But let's leave behind. So we're done, Rowan. You're like, oh, good. I thought you were going to start talking about Little Women. I'm like, Little Women? That was the heartbreaking... Fun-filled movie of the year. I know nothing about Little Women. I assume the movie ends with the father. He, I know a little bit about Little Women, okay? I have to at least admit that. Father's off at Civil War, doing the Civil War thing. I'm assuming he's fighting for the North, because I'm assuming they're, you know, the movie isn't him coming back all defeated, and he's like, ugh, I had the worst day. There's a bunch of slave, free slaves running around in the background. The girls were like, what's going on? Did we win the war? He's like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> this is not going to be a good time for us. There's going to be this huge thing called Reconstruction. Ugh. But anyway, so I'm assuming he was fighting for the North. I don't know. But I do know it takes place. He comes home from the Civil War. I imagine there's a part where he comes home and goes... Because he leaves, and they have to, like, do all this work and stuff to, like, survive and, and I don't know, assist the Underground Railroad or stop it, maybe? I don't know. They're, like, sneaking up behind Harriet Tubman. It's a shared universe. Little Women and the Harriet Tubman movie are both, like, they're building up to the shared universe, building up to the assassination of Lincoln. Anyways, I imagine he comes home and sees his young daughters, and he goes, When I left to go fight, <laughs> to go fight the War of Northern Aggression... You were but little girls, and now you are little women. And also, we should move, because Ulysses S. Grant's troops start marching in. I'm assuming they're on the side of the North, but anyways, that's all for the movie review. You're like, Jason, that's not a movie review. You didn't even see the movie. 1917, watch it. Joker was pretty good. We've talked about that before. Let's get started with our first story. The boat docks in Germany. These first two are really, really pretty short. We're going specifically to Bavaria. That's like a part of Germany, right? A province? A state? 
We're, we're a completely separate country. I don't know. We're in Wurzburg, Bavaria. Nowadays, it's happening right now. So hurry up, get off the boat. The story's happening right now. There's a dude there named David G. David G, he's 30 years old. He's a doctor. And he's working on this experiment, and he needs test subjects. So he begins trolling the internet looking for young women, which is not a good, which is not something that you want your doctor to be doing. And you should be kind of suspicious of what type of experiment he's running. This guy, he goes, I'm a doctor. He's on Skype. He contacted these women via Skype. They're wearing his lab coat. And he goes, so how would you like to make $3,325? These women are like, yeah, sure. That's a lot of money. So I'm going to send you this device. You got to plug it in your wall. And then there's these two little wires you're going to attach to both of your temples. You got to do this while I'm watching you too, because I'm a doctor, right? I have to be able to test your response. And then once it's plugged into the wall and then a wire is attached to each temple, then you turn it on and I'm going to record your response. Now, this is one of those crimes where both people are equally dumb. Because, yes, I guess I should jump to the finish. She was electrocuting these women, okay? He was shocking their brains. And he was eventually tracked down. He was arrested. He's charged with 13 cases of attempted murder because it's possible that these people could have died by having electricity go through their brains 13 cases of attempted murder he does 11 years so basically two of them do- don't even matter they're like oh those two were extra stupid but again if someone sent you something in the mail first off they'd have to send me the money first they they go i'm gonna send you a box you got to plug in the wall you got to hook up to your brain you turn it on and then i'll send you three thousand three hundred twenty five dollars i would say you got to send me the money first Because there's no way I know if I'm going to survive this. But apparently these people were stupid enough to go, or greedy enough, or both, to trust some somebody sends them something over the internet that requires you to plug it into the wall and hook it up to you. Okay, now, to be fair, I did famously tell that story on a past episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, where an anonymous company sent me a pill in the mail. Okay, so I I guess I can't can't bash on these people too much i don't remember what episode that was but someone sent me a company sent me a pill in the mail it wasn't just me they weren't targeting me they sent them out to thousands of people it was like this pill was like male virility pill you take this pill and you'll last all night long and i was like all night long that's awesome i'm not dating anyone right now i'm just at home by myself so i don't know what purpose this is going to serve but gulp and i took the pill it's a true story i took the pill as i was still reading the letter and I, this took place shortly after 9-11, and afterwards I thought this would be Al-Qaeda's perfect plot. They just send pills out to all American men saying, you want to be able to satisfy your woman? And golly, of course I do. Who doesn't want to do that? And then dying and everything like that. So, okay, maybe I can't be too hard on these women because I did swallow this pill. Now, this guy, the police believe he was doing it as a fetish, that he liked watching women get electrocuted. Which, to that, I would say, I guess he's never fessed up to that. That would be kind of embarrassing. He's like, no, no, I was really running a steady. Now humanity's doomed unless we know how much electrical volts a female brain can take. It would. Su- I think having a fetish would be kind of sucky anyways. Like, everyone has certain fetishes, like hair fetishes and stuff like that. But if your fetish is super specific and it's hard to get a hold of or hard to do, I feel bad for that. Like, what if your fetish is having sex on the moon? You're like, aww. You're constantly looking up at the moon. You're like, some days you're like studying advanced trigonometry. You're like, someday I'll be an astronaut. There was that big thing on the internet a while ago. This is probably like 10 years ago. There was a weirdo, a pervert on YouTube who had a fetish for poop. 
like falling into a toilet bowl. So I, I can guarantee you at least two or three of you guys know who, who I'm talking about because it was a big thing. This is probably, yeah, it would have been back like in 2006, 2007. People were trolling this. He was blind and he loved the sound of poop falling into the toilet bowl. That was his fetish. And what a horrible fetish to have. One, what a, okay, there's no, there's no qualifier to that. That's a horrible fetish to have. But then to be blind and not being able to really enjoy it. And I mean, I remember reading all the stuff people were, they were trolling this guy. People were throwing fake stuff into a toilet bowl. These, these people were saying, oh yeah, dude, I'm totally into it too. <laughs> into a toilet bowl, right? And this blind guy, I don't, I should try to find the dude, but no, I'm not going to find him in real life, not going to store, but anyways, this guy, he would request that young men, college age men poop in a toilet and send him the audio of it. And these guys would be like, dude, let's, let's totally like trick this guy. So they'd be like, oh dude, I'm totally taking the biggest dump. And they'd be dropping stuff in the toilet. Not like Game Boys, but like stuff that would make a sound similar to poop hitting the toilet. Oh no, my Game Boy. And then I remember once the the blind dude was like, I, I can totally tell, I can totally tell you're not pooping. The splash was too big. You're not trolling me, are you? And they're like, no, no. And a bunch of people were, were trolling this guy. And I remember it was reading about this. And eventually someone said, really, guys, what's worse? The fact that this blind guy likes to hear college age men poop in a toilet or or you for for mocking him. And for trolling this handicapped dude, this guy can't see, into believing that people are pooping in toilets when really you're just throwing, like, Play-Doh molded after poop into the toilet. The the, 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 point of the story is, that would be awful. I'll see if I can find uh, the, uh, the info about that guy. I'll throw it in the show notes if I do. But it'd be awful to have a fetish that would be really hard to pull off, like electrocuting women... Or liking the sound of poop hitting the toilet, but being blind. So you never know if it's legitimate human feces splashing in the water from a college-age male. Or, you know, just someone tossing in, you know, frozen burritos. It would be the ultimate question. What is life? Why are we here? And what just hit the water in the toilet bowl? Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. The next story... Isn't so much a fetish, but it is. It's not a fetish at all, actually. It's a bizarre belief. So, let's hop back in the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We're leaving behind Bavaria. We're, our rowboat's now full of cinnamon rolls or pretzels, whatever they eat over there. Strudel. We're leaving behind Bavaria. The rowboat's full of goodies. We are headed to Mozambique, also currently taking place. The year is 2020. So, and I know it's kind of landlocked, so we're really working out our pecs. Now, ah, just get, just get out of the boat. We'll just take the Jason Jalopy to Mozambique. We're driving through a town in Mozambique. It's weird. There's a bunch of women in town. Ooh, pretty cool town. A lot of women here. A bunch of kids. We're like, yeah, whatever. Kids are kind of lame. And then we notice we don't see a lot of men. We see a few of them, but the men we see tend to have a lot of hair, or they're wearing baseball caps and they're hiding in the shadows. <laughs> they run. Whoa, whoa, what was that? What was that? It's Fred Durst. It was a guy running by with a baseball cap. That's weird. He's, he, what's he doing out here? And it's just bizarre, right? I mean, I guess technically that's pretty much any town. There's women, kids, people with hair, and baseball caps. But anyways, in Mozambique, it's a little bit different. So we're walking through and we're like, we need to buy some Coca-Cola. So we walk up to like a convenience store. We, ding, 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 ding. We walk in. Hey, 
dude, we need to buy Coke. And a guy's like poking his head out. He's covering his head with uh, with like bag so we can only see his eyes and his mouth. Everything but the top of his head is what I'm trying to say. He's wearing a baker's hat. He pops up and we're like, whoa. He's like, hey, yeah, you guys want to buy Coke? And we're like, yes. He goes, so what are you guys doing here, tourists? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're here because we heard about this town. It's kind of weird. Actually, your whole country is quite odd right now. Everyone's running around in baseball caps. And you apparently <laughs> you apparently are cosplaying as Chef Boyardee. He's like, I'll tell you a secret, but I hope you guys aren't here to, to do this. I hope it is a secret to you, and this is all new information. He removes his baker's hat, his chef's hat, whatever it is, the big poofy thing, and he's bald. And so he looks at us, and he goes, hmm, you guys don't seem to be shocked by my bald head. That's very, very progressive of you in these troubling times. We're like, well, you know, bald's pretty normal in most parts of the world. He goes, yes, yes, it is. But today in Mozambique, being bald can actually get you killed. Like, is there like a race thing? Like, do people hate bald people? Or are they afraid, like, if you look at a bald person, you'll become bald? He's like, no, 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 that's foolish. You, t- you think we're a bunch of backward rubes? No, of course not. We're getting killed because people believe that bald people's heads are full of gold. And you crack their head open and you get a bunch of gold to come out of it. So this is a real thing that's going on. At this point, we're all making sure we're like, oh, I guess I should have warned any of my listeners who are bald. I'm like, hey, let's go to Mozambique. Listen to the story. You're like, okay, Jason, I trust you. And we're driving, <laughs> we're driving around in the Jason Jalopy, and a bunch of people are chasing us with pitchforks. Apparently, in Mozambique, if you have a bald head, people are murdering you and cracking your head open to find gold. Now, this is one of those superstitions that I think would be easily disproven after the first time. You're like, oh, I heard from this dude that if I bash this guy's head open, gold will come out. Let's try it. No gold. Like, that would be one that would be easily discouraged. You just show pictures. I, I mean, you wouldn't want to do this, but the police could just drive around town with pictures of bald people with their heads bashed in and being like, look, no gold. Now, obviously, you could say, well, maybe the police took the gold. The police are driving around in really fancy cars. They're like, I'm telling you, there's no gold. As they're wearing these giant gold chains, gold rings. There's no gold in these bald people's heads. But that's what's happening. People are getting their heads bashed in. Inacio Dina, she's the spokesman for Mozambique's General Police Command, had these quotes. Our preliminary conclusion indicates that the phenomenon is due to cultural beliefs. We are currently investigating the case to find out more and to understand the dimension of the problem. The phenomenon can lead bald people to be pursued and killed. This is a serious homicide crime. That's actually part of the quote, just to remind everyone that you shouldn't be bashing in people's head. This is a serious homicide crime. It's not just one of those lame homicide crimes that we don't investigate. Quote continues, our current interest is to catch and hold all those involved responsible. Now, some people are saying, to go back to my original thing about isn't this stupid, it is stupid, but... Some people are saying if you crack a bald person, and don't try this. Don't go, hmm, maybe in Mozambique it doesn't work, but in my country it might. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you are balding yourself and you're like, man, I really need to help pay for my student loans, hmm, don't think, well, maybe if I just crack my head a little bit and get a little bit of that gold, don't do this. But anyways, some people believe you just it's simple enough. You crack open a bald person's head, a bunch of gold comes out. And then other people say, oh, no, no, you foolish. Of course not. You got to chop, you got to break open a bald person's head and then make like a potion. And that will give you wealth. That's why the gold doesn't immediately come out. And people are like, that makes more sense. But anyways, the result is 
Bull people are getting killed in Mozambique, and it's not good over there. It is a serious homicide crime. Let's remind you guys of that. But we're going to leave behind Mozambique. And now we're headed to Livermore, California. So we're leaving behind the Jason Jalopy. We're hopping aboard the Carpenter Copter, and we are flying out to Livermore Labs. Now, Lawrence Livermore National Labs is what it's actually called. This place specialized, and especially, I don't know what they do now. They do, like, lasers and stuff like that. But they used to do work for nukes. Back in the 60s, they were basically working on nuclear bombs, security systems, stuff like that. Like, high-level national security stuff. But all that being said, that's the lame stuff, right? Laser beams, and, I mean, in, in a vacuum, lasers, do lasers work in a vacuum, actually, scientifically speaking? Don't they need... That's neither here nor there. The point is, is like in a metaphorical vacuum, lasers and nuclear bombs and secret laboratory. Well, it wasn't secret. It had an address, but what went on inside the building was secret. All this stuff is cool, but not for Dead Rabbit Radio, man. Get out of the way, you base that helped secure the United States during the Cold War. Move out of the way, lamos. We don't want to hear about that stuff. We're going to put on, dude, we should have Dead Rabbit Radio Letterman jackets. And just like walk around with our leather sleeves and then the padded. Dude, that'd be dope. I'll look into that. I'll look into that for merch. Dead Rabbit Radio, Letterman Jackets. We're now officially a gang. We're just pushing over scientists. And as we do that, we're going back to the year 1960. Because apparently, in the 1960s, in Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, Bigfoot was there. We're like, what? Where was that? We hear the sound, the familiar sound of Bigfoot, but we're used to hearing him in the woods, right? We did one episode where he was walking around military base, so we're prepared for this. Here, give me that. Got a stun gun. Cock it. We're running through the laboratory. Get out of our way, nerds. They're like, oh, we're running in the same direction. We're helping you. We stop to push them over. Then we keep running. Apparently... One day, Bigfoot wandered into Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. And because the building was so secure, he actually got locked into a cell down there. A little prison cell. (laughs) Why a laboratory that works on nuclear testing has a jail in it? Save your questions for the end, gentlemen and ladies. Bigfoot is apparently trapped in the cell, and the janitor one day is walking through the laboratory, and he's like, oh, I forgot, I'm supposed to be cleaning every part of this laboratory, and I forgot to go clean that cell over there. So he looks in the cell, and there's nothing in there, it's completely empty. Door opens up, and Bigfoot, get out, bruh, knocks over the janitor, starts walking through the laboratory. Now the janitor is obviously shocked. He looked in the cell. It doesn't matter that it was previously empty. The fact is an eight-foot-tall mythical creature started walking around the laboratory. And he said, I looked in the cell and it was totally empty. So everyone's like now running through the facility. And Bigfoot's walking around. And they can't catch him. So now we're in a briefing. We're all got our feet up on the desks. We're sitting in the back. We're all the cool kids and the... Main scientist is shaking his head at us. He's like, oh, who let those hooligans in? But he has to give the presentation anyways. They're throwing spitwads at him. We put a quantum tack on his chair. He's like, ah, I'm being pierced in every reality. We're just a bunch of bullies. But he's like, okay, so here's what happens. 
Bigfoot, as some of you know, is a, apparently he's Bernie Sanders, Bigfoot, as some of you know, is actually a fourth dimensional creature. Everyone's like, what? I didn't know that. He's like, yes, that's why people have a hard time finding Bigfoot. Because he can move between dimensions. Now, really, fourth dimension is just time. So we're all fourth dimensional creatures, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. According to this story, according to the single source <laughs> story, and I'll get to that in a second, Bigfoot is a fourth dimensional creature. He is able to phase in and out of reality. So what we believe happened was that Bigfoot phased into our facility, was walking around invisible to us, but then walked into one of our super secret secure jail cells that we built. And everyone's like, what? We have jail cells? What are the jail cells for? And the lead scientist is like, for the purge. But until the purge, until the great scientist purge of 1968 happens, they're just sitting there. They're just ready to be used. Now, this invisible Bigfoot walked into a cell, and the cell is built to prevent fourth dimensional travel, for whatever reason. And the Bigfoot got locked in there. He turned invisible. The janitor opened up the door to clean it, and Bigfoot reappeared and came out of it. And everyone goes, well, that's horrifying, but it's over now, right? Bigfoot walked out of the cell, and the lead scientist goes, no, he's still here. He's still in the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. And he's just gonna, like, chill here for a while, right? Here's a quote regarding this whole thing. There was some panic, just some, right? Just some panic that a fourth-dimensional, eight-foot-tall monkey man is walking around your workplace. There was some panic. But I believe that only a few people stayed at home, since it was technically fourth-dimensional, unquote. So... honestly, uh, if I went to work tomorrow and Bigfoot was there, I would do anything but stay home. I'd be be signing up for overtime. I'm like, Bigfoot, what's up? Me no like workplace policies here. It's like, oh, no, dude, it's totally awesome. Don't quit. Don't quit. You just sit back, dude. I'll do your job. Human resources is not fair. Should be Bigfoot resources. I'm like, ah, come on, man. No, it's totally. I would not stay at home if Bigfoot was at my job. Ever! And so people go, you know what, if Bigfoot is here, let's study it, right? What a, what a amazing opportunity. So what they would, this is how they study Bigfoot, again, according to the single source story. They would stand in front of it, and Bigfoot would walk through them, because he's like phasing through them. And they'd be like, whoa! It's kind of dumb. They didn't really study it, they just let him walk around for a while. Stephen Hawking, famous man, scientist dude. He got involved in it. He actually went to Lawrence Livermore Laboratories. This was before he was a cyborg, and he's walking around. He might have been a cyborg by now, so maybe he was just kind of like in the wheelchair, but not completely fused metal and man as one. And he goes, um, yeah, this is Bigfoot. Like, the fact, okay, let's take a break. (laughs) Let's take a break here for a second. I keep saying this is a single source story. This is a story from a commenter named Silver Eagle on a website called Cryptomundo. And you're like, Jason, seriously, this is your main story for the episode? What's fascinating is, is that Cryptomundo, the website that this was published on, Silver Eagle wrote it as a comment regard about another article. And Cryptomundo looked at it and they said, we're going to publish this as its own article. And they say, we do not, we're not saying any of this is true. We're just reporting that somebody says this. Mysterious Universe's website then ran the account, and it was like, jeez, guys, you want to hear a true story? You want to hear something amazing? Listen to this. And it's funny because I I obviously think that there's a lot of faults in this story, but it's funny because you have two major 
paranormal websites. The one that it was originally published on being like, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And then the other one that's actually a bigger paranormal website, which I think almost just need, and I go to mysteriousuniverse.com all the time. As a whole, I'm not bashing the site. But their tone for this article seemed to be very like, this This probably happened, guys. So the fact that the, Silver Eagle was the one who wrote the comment says, oh yeah, Stephen Hawking showed up. And it's and then what? What did he do? Why are you introducing these big characters into your narrative and giving them nothing to do? If I'm making this event up, and maybe this story is true, because if I was making... It's not, but if I was making the event up, I would have the scientists do more than just stand there as Bigfoot walked through them to study it. That just doesn't make any sense. I think the story's made up. So I guess I'm criticizing Silver Eagle for not <laughs> having more of an imagination. And then Stephen Hawking showed up, and then, and then what did he do? Bigfoot puts him in the chair. That was all a cover story. Bigfoot's like, stay away, Hawking. Stephen Hawking's like, no, I will run towards you with my powerful legs and I will kick you. And Bigfoot grabs him and folds him up and then punches him in the throat. And he's like, oh, no, robot voice now. He puts him in the wheelchair. Bigfoot's like, ha, ha, ha. That would be my version. I'd make that up. But this guy just has Stephen Hawking involved somehow. But eventually Bigfoot leaves the workplace. And the laboratory's like, oh, we really miss that giant creature. But what are the chances of us ever finding another one again? People spend 80, 90 years. Look, oh, wait, here comes another one. And so another Bigfoot comes into the facility somehow. And at this point, they decide, let's not just have it walk through us. That was kind of a lame experiment. At this time, I don't know why they didn't do this the first time. This time, it is placed under 24-hour surveillance. There is not a time where they are not keeping eyes on this Bigfoot. However, he does often turn invisible and shifts dimensions. So technically, I don't think I don't think you can call that 24-hour surveillance. But he keeps fading out and then back into the lab. Fading out, back in the lab. They're like, great, this isn't really going to work, but at least we're making an effort. At least we're not just standing in a hallway. This Bigfoot decides, this different one apparently, had braided hair. They could tell it apart, maybe. This one decides to interact more with the laboratory. The original one walking through the hallways. This one hangs out in the break room. This one, you're like, hey, I heard Bigfoot's back. Yeah, no, 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 it's different Bigfoot. You're like, oh, okay. It's horrible about what happened to poor Steven. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. He really worked a number on that dude. Broke his back and everything. Pouring coffee in the break room. <laughs> Turn around, giant Bigfoot behind you. Oh! Bigfoot would hang out in the... In the break room. So while the first Bigfoot got trapped in jail cell and was like walking around, this one just has his feet up on a table. He's reading a magazine. Even if he turned invisible, you'd still just see the magazine floating there. And he's like, oh, People Magazine. It should be called Bigfoot Magazine. They're like, yeah, yeah, you already told that joke. He's like, oh, I tell as many jokes as I want. I'm, I'm a Bigfoot. Disappears. Anyways, um, then people are like, that's kind of annoying because in the first one, at least he was doing something, i.e. he was mobile. This one's just sitting on the couch in the break room. Uh, he's basically you or me as an interdimensional creature, uh, which again, I'm not faulting him. If I was an eight foot tall beast that could teleport between realities, I'd be tired a lot. Uh, me nap. They're like, no, you have to go out and like explore the cosmos. Me nap. Explore cosmos and dreams. Uh. He also begins to do... Okay, so walking around your workplace, you're supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be able to phase through your coworkers. 
Probably get in trouble for that in real life. Hanging out in the break room all day long. That's every worker's dream. But again, that's kind of annoying because you go to sit on the... <laughs> you see an empty couch and you sit down and you sit on top of a giant invisible hairy man. You're like, oh. You want to be... Uh, well, people are like, come on, man. We want to use a break room. We got this giant monster in here. Can't we do something about it? Can we call up Stephen Hawking? They're like, dude, he's still in intensive care. And what's he supposed to do anyways? What was he supposed to do the first time? I don't know. I figured maybe he used his big brain to do something. Then things get even worse because women work there. Now, that's not the... <laughs> That's not the bad thing. I'm like, what? Oh, then things get worse. Not only is there a Bigfoot, there's women there. Can you believe that? Well, deadrabbitradio.gmail.com. That's not the end of it. It's not worse because women start working there. It's worse because women are working there and Bigfoot begins to sexually harass them. Oh, hubba hubba. Me see beautiful human woman walking towards him. Now, apparently, Bigfoot would walk up behind women... And um, I don't know if he'd actually goose them with the actual goose. It's a wonk wonk. He, he teleports out and comes back with the goose. I don't know if he was actually grabbing them, but what he would do is he would be invisible. He'd walk up right behind them and then appear. And they'd flip out, drop coffee everywhere. A common occurrence, according to Silver Eagle, he always waited until they were getting coffee and then he would appear right behind them. So, anyways, uh, the coffee bill was going really high. They are wasting a bunch of it. Uh, More importantly, women were getting sexually harassed uh, or assaulted by Bigfoot. Or both. I mean, he could have been just catcalling them or Bigfoot calling them. Or he might have actually been, like, grabbing them. Whatever he was doing. I don't know if it's a crime, and I don't want to test this, but I don't know if it's a crime to just simply appear behind a woman. Like, I mean, I guess the police would be more baffled. They're like, sir, that was really rude, but first off, we want to know how you shifted dimensions. Like, I don't think it's a crime to simply walk up behind a woman and get super close. I think you have to actually touch people for it to be assault. But anyways, I'm sure I can console my interdimensional legal team. Can I shift realities behind a woman? Would I be prosecuted for that? They're like, probably not, but don't. Don't do that. Anyways, this was the last straw. He was appearing behind women. He was taking up all their couches in the break room. He was making them watch um, some stupid lame show like Rawhide. He's like, should be Bigfoot Hide. And they're like, that doesn't even make sense. The, the You have this laboratory that specializes in building nuclear weapons. They want to get rid of Bigfoot. So how do you do this? This is so ridiculous. Now, again, I did make fun of Stephen Hawking showing up and not really doing anything. I do have to admit, in the second half of this story, it does get pretty inventive, right? So you have Bigfoot just being a light, a lout for the second half of the story, a different Bigfoot. And then you have this scientist. So they're sitting around. We're at another meeting, and the main scientist is like, we got to get rid of Bigfoot. He's goosing these women. We can't use our break. <laughs> we just love the fact that he's just in the break room all the time. We can't use the break room. We, there's no coffee because the women keep spilling it. They're like, dude, he's attacking us. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I'm jittery. I don't have any caffeine. We have to get rid of Bigfoot. So how do we do it with all of these <laughs> Cold War weapons that we've designed? How do we do it? The scientists, this is what they figured out. They're going to open up all the doors in the laboratory. An advanced weapons secret laboratory that <laughs> the Russians have been trying to get into since it opened, they said, let's open every door in the facility, right? And then we're going to use this special space-age weapon technology we've designed. It's a sonic weapon. 
It's banging pots and pans as we walk through the facility. So apparently, after all the doors have been opened, and spy versus spy are trying to like sneak in, you have scientists, people with PhDs in astrophysics and nuclear physics and all this stuff, walking through empty hallways going, burn, 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 just banging pots and pans. And they do that in all directions. And apparently... Bigfoot disappears. They ha- he has not come back since. Here's some quotes th- to let us know what happened in the aftermath of this. Quote, apparently one scientist was retired early because it was believed that the Bigfoot hypnotized him to go insane. He apparently did not respect the Bigfoot for being people and firmly thought it to be an animal. That was the only injury that I can recall. Bigfoot, I love this, so the... This, let's say this. Let's say this sentence is true. You have you have this laboratory, right, that deals with these high level weapons, and this scientist comes in. He goes, "Ah, uh, I don't know what's going on." And they're like, "What's up, Murray?" He's like, "Uh, I think I think I'm insane. I think I'm going insane." They're like, "What?" Yeah, I didn't think that Bigfoot was a person and that he was just a big dumb animal, and now. And now I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I can only diagnose myself with being insane. I have, a, I have a bad case of insanity. And the government goes, ah, well, just retire. Yes, you know all sorts of weapon secrets. You know all sorts of secrets that the government doesn't want anyone to know. And a Bigfoot got into your brain and drove you insane. But why don't you just take the day off? Why don't you just go home and we'll just start sending you retirement checks? The insanity thing, I'm sure it'll wear off. Fourth dimensional caused madness as nothing. Silver Eagle does let us know that all of this government Bigfoot stuff goes on far beyond the intrusion of uh, Livermore Laboratories. Apparently, the government goes into the woods and steals Bigfoot bodies. That's why we can't find any proof. The government covers it up. Now, they're doing a pretty crummy job because every so often there's a giant footprint found. But all the big stuff, Bigfoot bodies, why can't you find those? Government, government takes them. He states that there is more money spent by the government to cover up or threaten Bigfoot researchers than is ever spent actually hunting Bigfoot. Huge conspiracy. He also states that most Bigfoots are actually invisible, like the ones that we experienced at this laboratory. And they're everywhere. They're actually, you could be standing right next to a Bigfoot right now. And in fact, there are Bigfoot that live within the Portland city limits. These aren't a rural creature. It's not just a creature who lives in the woods. They're everywhere. Now, obviously, this is the rantings of a madman. He also said he took a photo of two gnomes, but they were invisible. But let's go back to Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Still in operation today. They currently have a laser system that, honestly, the technology is way too advanced for me to even comprehend, let alone describe to you. But this laser system they built that they're currently using is named Bigfoot. Now, could just be a clever name they came up with. Could be an acronym. Or it could be an inside joke. It could, and this is true, they actually do have a laser system called Bigfoot at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories. It could be a callback to a rumor that some of the older scientists would talk about often. Because why else would you call a laser system Bigfoot? It could be a funny 
gentle reminder of those old days when Bigfoot hung out at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.